Well, hello out there, planet Earth. Happy Friday. It's officially summer, baby. It's Friday, and it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, or in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium-Sized Business. For the last 20 years, I've been a consultant for SMBs, a voice and a sounding board for leaders advocating on their behalf as well as their employees. I believe very strongly in sharing stories, providing perspective, and creating connection. So every single Friday, you could find me right here on talkradio.myc doing just that, lending what's left of my mind and my voice to this radio show where I interview SMB leaders as well as their trusted advisors. One thing that I've noticed over the years is that some of the best thought leadership for SMBs actually happens on Friday, right about that time we feel the freedom of the weekend coming, especially in the summertime. However, we're also anxious to start the weekend. These crucial pearls of wisdom, they're often overlooked, they're forgotten in favor of our fun weekend activities and our freedom from work. Here on the show, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity. We discuss popular topics that are on the minds of SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. The name of the show, not just a play on words, people. My last name means free in German. Nice fun fact for you all. A little bit of method behind my madness. Today's show brought to you by SDA Wealth Strategies, a boutique financial services firm in the Hudson Valley, offering personal wealth management and comprehensive business solutions for its clients. SDA stands for Simplifying Financial Lives, Designing Financial Strategies, and Advocating to Implement Them. SDA offers a concierge experience for individuals and businesses. The firm's highest priority, always their clients' best interest while empowering people and businesses to stay consciously proactive and to thrive today, tomorrow, and beyond. To learn more, visit SDAWealthStrategies.com. I had a great birthday. Thanks to all of you out there who shared some time with me for number 42 last week. I spent some time at the beach with the family, went to one of my favorite restaurants with my wife and kids. Big moment for my older daughter. She's always wanted to come out with us to Angelica's in Seabright, New Jersey. Awesome restaurant, nationally renowned especially before she leaves for sleepaway camp, which is happening on Sunday. It's going to be the longest she's been away from us to date. Before I get all misty-eyed, I just want to thank say thank you once again to my new friend, James Campion, who joined me on the show for my birthday last week, the author of Take a Sad Song, The Emotional Currency of Hey Jude. I thought of him last night when my wife and I saw the Beatles cover band, The Weaklings. Quick shout out to them. Some great thoughts and messaging from Mr. Campion and all the work that he does. Nice segue into today's show, which is all about making your message memorable. The closer you are to something, the harder it can be to explain it to other people. This is especially true in the SMB world. The impact felt by your audience, not so much about what you say, but all about how you say it. When trying to communicate what you do and how you do it, you got to be able to differentiate yourself from the masses and be memorable. The goal of the message, you got to get your audience to say, tell me more. The point of having the elevator pitch, so to speak, is not to explain everything that you do in 10 seconds or less. It's about how high up in the elevator someone will ride with you to listen to your message. Today, we will hear from a veteran of the marketing industry with over 20 years experience who's worked with some of the most amazing international brands on seeing the business from the client's perspective. Talk is cheap. We know that. We're on talkradio.myc. We don't want it to just be talk. The goal here, people, is let's use the inside we get on the business landscape and create more impact on Monday morning. It's far too often these days where businesses are focused on the shiny new product that's going to solve all of their problems. The new app, the new tech, one consistent thing out there, products change every single day in everything that we do. There's no substitute for having the right people around you first. Keep a focus on a good process that will help you achieve your goals. You do that, the right products will be there when you need them. Everything begins and ends with the people. So in the spirit of surrounding myself with the right people, I can't tell you how excited I am to hang out with Mike here today. Our very special guest, none other than Mike Verrett, principal at Verrett & Associates. So Mike's career began at a marketing promotions company working in the world of client services and strategy. Imagine that you're an account executive managing events and promotions for clients and Hasbro, a huge toy and game company, lands in your lap. Well, giant companies come with huge budgets and even higher expectations. They want big ideas, big events, big results. So how do you really deliver what they need and want? Well, you have to understand the expectations. You need to see what they see. You need to know the audience. 
If you know what they desire, you can deliver the right message, and you need to demonstrate your process for reaching the results. If they understand the full experience, they will trust your services more. Imagine that, process-focused. It was here that Mike learned some of the big lessons that he embodies today. The value of understanding your audience, the right language, the right image, the right connection means you can go further even if you have a smaller budget. And Mike's next role, he had the opportunity to connect his clients' heads to customers' hearts, once again, working on behalf of Hasbro, had an amazing opportunity to turn Transformers into a movie franchise. So Mike knew what he what they wanted because he was their audience. He grew up with Optimus Prime and Autobots as all the heroes. So did I. He made the audience care about the vehicles that turn into robots, forced them to see the importance of the film and the story by bringing them into it. Made a lot of money selling vehicles that turn into robots. Well, it seems that fate had a plan for Mike because after 10 years of having them as a client, Hasbro actually hired him directly to be the face of Hasbro Games. So Mike was more interested in playing with the toys than the whole corporate game, making children's dreams a reality, nice and impactful. But in 2018, Mike started his own firm, Verit & Associates, to help businesses who struggle with the impact of their message on clients and prospects. No matter how good your solution is, you can't get an audience to perceive it right away. 100% of what you do is important to you as a business, but only 5% matters, matters to the audience. So you have to be able to find that 5%. And this is something that SMBs will very often miss. You need the outside perspective, a way to see what your audience sees. You need to be different, and Mike can help. Mike is the best person to chat with about sharpening your message for the appropriate impact. We're always going to discuss my favorite questions. Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument? And who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? Coming to us this morning from the biggest little state in the union, Mike, welcome to the show, brother. Great to see you. Hey, it's Friday, not Friday. <laughs> Damn straight it is. Mike, you've been an instrumental force in helping businesses figure out the positioning and to really think about what the hell they're doing with their brand. What's the best way to connect with people? How do you take advantage of what you have right at the table? But I think what's what's really important about what you do is helping people get back to their why. That's what people tend to connect with. So let's hear a little bit about your journey and your why. Tell us how you got where you are today. Yeah, I um, I believe it's Simon Sinek who's become famous for asking, what is your why? Um, it's it's amazing to me how blind you can be to your why when you're in the thick of it. We lose it? Mike, you there? Come on back to us, Mike. We were just in the thick of it. Apparently, Mike's having some tef technical difficulties in his uh, bunker in Rhode Island up there. By the way, I know Mike's a, a, a Rhode Island guy, a New England guy. I couldn't, I couldn't help wearing my Yankees jersey after the walk-off win last night. I'm hoping it doesn't. It's uh, not hoping it doesn't make him angry. Apparently, it's making his uh, his internet connection angry. Mike, you there, man? Oh, looks like Mike got booted out, but uh, he he will be back in just a moment. But uh, when you're in the thick of things, is is where he was it was going with uh, some of his sentiments, and definitely brings brings me to the idea of working on the business versus in the business, which is something that's a a big topic of discussion around the SMB world for sure. When SMBs especially, they end up working in their businesses. When you make the dream a reality it actually slips through your fingers a little bit. It's not just about your idea anymore. It's about the accounting, invoicing, marketing, sales, and all the other things that make a business run. There he is. He's back. How, how's, that for a, how's that for a start? I immediately <laughs> lose my connection and everything goes flat. So, Hey, man, uh, I've, had, I've had two shows where the internet straight up went out to my studio here, so... Thanks for carrying the weight of the water for me there, Steve. You, you were talking about getting, especially when you're immersed in the business, how hard it is to see, you know, the outside perspective. Yes. And uh, we left off on sort of my journey. So I spent about 17 years in the agency world, marketing, advertising, promotions. And I had a reef of, of clients. Hasbro kept sort of popping back up on occasion. So it became sort of a consistent uh, specter in my life for some reason. 
but I went through those years and it was, you know, from age 24 until I was around 38. That's what I was doing. You know, I was, it was my job and I woke up, went to work, came home, did whatever, went to bed. And then I was hired by Hasbro, like you mentioned, and my life changed considerably because I realized that it wasn't, you know, from the agency side, we saw just making kids dreams come true. But on the inside, it was just a dog eat dog MBA grads trying to get to the top really political was how I felt everything was and I just didn't feel right there but over those seven years what I can say I took away from it was a business degree Absolutely, <laughs> the, the, the seven-year plan but I learned a ton while I was there so when I left Hasbro in fall of 18 this is important to the story I was part of just a workforce reduction layoff and uh, the reason they were having it is because the stock was down. I had seen it happen before. I'd been in the building for 13 years at that point. And when my name was called, I hugged the VP. I was ecstatic. I felt like I was being let out of prison. But what it really gave me was they gave me severance and gave me time to think about those 25 years that had gone by. And what I realized is I've done everything on the marketing spectrum from concepting a new product to acting, writing and acting in the commercial, I've had to do it. Mm -hmm. But the one consistency was always my understanding of an audience. And that's what I really focused on was I could communicate effectively and get a point across and get a decision made with any kind of audience. So that's what I decided to really focus on when I set out on creating what Barrett and Associates has become, it's about understanding of the audience. This is think 100% about their business. Audiences only think about 5% of that business. So how does the business figure out which of the 5% out of 100 they're supposed to focus on? And that's where I come in. That's where I found my niche. So that's where I'm, uh, that's where I've been having fun for the past few years. I love it. And it's something that's so important. And I know we're going to get into the method behind your madness in just a moment here, but the whole idea of the, the elevator pitch and the elevator pitch repair course that you have, again, not about cramming as much as you could possibly tell somebody about what you do and how you do it into 10 seconds or one minute or even three minutes, just really about how long they'll stay on the elevator with you to listen to what your message is and what the impact is actually going to be. So we're going to take a quick break. But we will be right right back with Mike Verrett, principal at Verrett & Associates. Stay with us. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests, on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. And it's me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with Mike Verrett, principal at Verrett & Associates, uh, talking a little bit about Mike's journey, corporate America, fun company, Hasbro Toys and Games, but going off and starting his own journey. Uh, just give a little bit of a quick story by the fire pit as we ease into Mike's method behind his madness. You know, getting folks back to the core of why they started the business it, it unlocks a lot of the message that tends to have attraction to clients, brings more clients your way. You know, like Mike was alluding to before, whether you're in corporate America or you're an entrepreneur, everyone wants to get to the top. In this pursuit, Mike talks all about this in all of his content, you could be the first, the best, or different. Being different is something that you can master a little bit easier than the other two. But you can master it a lot easier with someone like Mike's help, especially with his deep dive and focus on things like the elevator pitch. So, Mike, this is the method part of the show, the science behind what you do, what you do, how you do it, how you go to market for it. Again, I love your your whole discussion about the elevator pitch. So lay it on, everybody. Give, Give everyone some method behind your madness. Yeah, you have. So you have two conflicting forces. You have business and audience. And like I said, the business thinks about everything. Every detail is important. The audience doesn't think that way. Certainly not yet when they're first engaging with you. And you can liken it to Stephen King, famous author, writes a book, 400 pages long. And now it comes time to write the three paragraphs that go on the inside flap that the audience is going to read to determine if they want to buy the book, the blurb. It's on the back cover, whatever. But those paragraphs are written to sell the book, intrigue people, get them to want to buy it. Stephen King doesn't have the capacity to write those three paragraphs simply because he knows everything. He knows the temperature of the air in a scene. He knows what every emotional state of every character is. He hears scary music when he writes. How is he supposed to digest 400 pages into three paragraphs if he knows everything? So the solution is he gives the book to someone else to read. They read it, and they are effectively recapping it as those three sales paragraphs as the blurb. There are people who do this for a living for authors because the issue arises. They know too much. They know everything. And trying to find that little sliver of what's going to catch the attention of the audience, get them engaged and want to buy the book is what the blurb is for. So they're actually two separate practices, writing the book and writing the blurb. That's more or less what the challenge is for businesses. You said it yourself. My first principle is that an audience remembers one of three things. You got to be first, best, or different. And like you said, first and best are hard to come by. By definition, they're tough. But different is easy to do when you understand how your audience thinks. Now, let's talk about the other side of this coin, the business. The business thinks in terms of business, meaning there is no business without show business. No matter what role we're in, we're playing a role. There's scripts, there's directors, there's sets, there's props. All of that exists. And scripts, most importantly, think about the language of business versus how we talk as human beings and think as human beings. Words like ideate and synergize are not common terms that we use in conversation. KPI is my favorite. What are your KPIs? If you and I, I'm just passing through your neck of the woods and we go out and grab a beer or coffee or whatever, good to see you, man. I got to get home. I've got a baseball game with my son tomorrow. So what are your KPIs this weekend? Like, that's something (laughs) I would never, ever say to you, but that's how businesses think and talk. And even the term SaaS, software as a service, the acronym, that is simply an abbreviation for email within the company. Nobody has to type software as a service if everybody knows what SaaS means. So imagine when I see that in a marketing message, we're a SaaS agency or a SaaS company. What if I don't know what SaaS means, but I know I need a technology solution to manage my business better? You're missing an opportunity because you're thinking like the business. So what it boils down to is how people think how human beings think when they're digesting information and imagine them as a bunch of five-year-olds on the reading rug at the library on a Monday, Tuesday morning. The storyteller is there to tell them that story the right way and in the right order. And they turn the book around because the kids are five. They need to see the pictures, but the purpose of it is the same. They need to understand what's on page three and you need to know they understand it before you go to page four. 
you can't start on page four. They won't know what's going on, even if you do, because you wrote the book or you read the book already. So it's about that order of information. So what I've created for my system is simple. Everyone's heard of an elevator pitch or a networking pitch is a great way to think about it, where it's your turn to say what you do, talk about what you do. And the standard 90% of the time, you're going to hear, here's what I do, like my title, here's specifically what our business does, here's our services, here's who we're looking for, 90%. The other 10%, you'll hear the I help. And I call this, <clears throat> I, excuse me, I call this story brand Mad Libs, where they took the idea that story brand sets out and just filled in the blanks and didn't really apply the spirit and philosophy behind it. I help business A going through problem B achieve goal C by providing service D that'll give them benefit E to reach goal F. That's 10 seconds, somebody saying every single thing they do and you can't latch onto it. But the way an audience is thinking is very different. They need a connection point because they have all the control. They're going through things very quickly looking for something on Google, let's say. I'll give you a great example. If you're looking for anybody's looking for a plumber, they go on Google and search plumber. Let's say the first three listings are all the phone, where a plumber and the phone number. But the fourth listing speaks like this. Stop. If water is outside the system, it should be in that do not wait, click here, we will be there in 10 minutes. That one seems completely different to the audience simply because they're speaking to the idea that water doesn't wait. If there's a leak in your house, it doesn't wait. If it's a light bulb, if it's fixing a fence, that can be done on the weekend, that's not urgent. But water, you drop everything. That plumber knows it. And in that time, searching looks different to that audience. And it's based on an order of information, but starts with a point of connection. We're operating in five-second increments when we're looking for stuff. Whether it's reading resumes, the average time spent is five to seven seconds, or looking for a service on Google, we're going like this. Eh, no, that's, uh, that doesn't interest me. Oh, this is interesting. Then we read below. Applied to resume or website, it's the same effect. <clears throat> and that's how people think initially they need to, that connection to know they're in the right place so my elevator starts with connection first floor how do you get their attention and simply my goal is to get them to say tell me more and that's it I don't have to be cryptic about it I just need to get them to the second floor and that's about creating that intrigue so I'll give you a great example for this a PR firm if I say I own a PR firm or I work at a PR firm, that's all you're going to remember about me. You'll remember that bit. But if I say I make news when it matters, you're left with not enough information. You're intrigued. Do you want to know if I'm a reporter, if I'm a celebrity in the gossip column? You don't know enough yet. Tell me more. That's interesting. What do you mean is the effect. Gets me to my second floor. That becomes my audience and what they're going through. Businesses can't write about themselves. Try writing about yourself in flowing terms. Moreover, they know everything, not the language of the customer. What it creates is writer's block. Boom, that's what they're going through. Okay, so how do you help them? Third floor, solution. I find the words they can't to make sure their news has the impact it needs to have. Done. One sentence, solution. Just to get them to ask the next question, how does it work? Now, where you'd think it's services, my fourth floor is process. Three steps. How do we work together beginning to end? Discover the news you need to tell, design the right way to tell it, deploy and measure results. That captures everything that would happen working with a PR firm. So what do I get from that is my services on the fifth floor. Now I explain my services not as a menu of options, but under those three steps, it's almost like what they'll experience. Compare it to a McDonald's menu versus a three-course meal. I'll have this, this, and this versus tonight you'll be having this for your appetizer, this for dinner, this for dessert. It's more appetizing to them because they see the process. Sixth floor, how does it help me? How am I better off? Benefits. Seventh floor, can you prove it works? Social proof, testimonials, case studies. Eighth floor, what do you want me to do next? Call to action. Take this survey. Click here to schedule a meeting, whatever. That's the eight floors of my elevator because when you invert them, and go first floor to eighth floor, top to bottom, 
That's the way human beings would ask questions to elicit information. So what do you do? Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. Well, how do you help them? How does it work? What are they getting out of that? What are they doing? Can you, what are they, how are they better off? Like, what are the benefits of working with you? Can you prove it works? Do you have case studies, referrals that I could speak to? You know what? Let's schedule a meeting. I've gotten all the information I need to get in the order I need to get it. And it's very different than businesses coming out talking services and benefits, services and benefits. Because guess what? If all those SaaS companies are talking about we're a SaaS company and there's our service, they all look the same. And therein lies how the secret to how the audience thinks. They need something to stop them. They need to see that they're in the right place and they need to see a solution quickly. And that's what my philosophy, if you will, is meant to do. I love how simple and fluent you make all of this. It definitely seems like it's it's second nature to you. And yet it's like the single biggest problem I see out there with talking with businesses, being able to articulate everything that you just did, which you know, the, obviously the term software as a service, I'm more than familiar with. But I think of SaaS when people are throwing it around. I'm like, yeah, I know all about SaaS. I have two daughters. I experience it all day long. S-A-S-S, different acronym. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. But it's it, yeah, th- what you're what you're describing is a very, you know, people centric human type of condition like this is, you know, what you say versus how you say it, you know, really getting into the, the, the mind of the audience, which is, again, something that I see people falling down on all the time. Getting to all know the, the audience is, is like the most important thing here. So I, I know we're going to talk about the madness that is your world when we when we come back from the next break. But, you know, give give us a little bit of a of, of a teaser with this, because, you know, I again, I see this every single day with businesses of all different sizes, even ones that are large and established out there like that should have this down. Like just they, they don't. It's, it still becomes about services and features and benefits. It's what they want to talk about because what that's what they built. They start with what problem do I solve for my customer? I'm going to build that solution. Of course, I want to tell you about that solution. The killer feature, whatever is in it that's going to make their life better. That's because you know the whole story. They don't. They don't understand that yet. And that's where the challenge is. We want to tell people about this solution because we built it for them. So we're going to go out and tell them. So you have an, a number of different great testimonials, and I'm going to throw one out here for everybody before we take a break. What Mike did for me was encapsulate my essence into a 45-second sequence of words. He did for me in 30 minutes what others tried to do for me in a decade. He understands brand communication better than anyone I have ever met. I love it. Big testimonial. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> It's impactful, man. We're, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with the madness of Mike's world with Mike Verrett, uh, principal at Verrett and Associates. Stay with us. Howdy. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with Mike Verrett, principal at Verrett and Associates. Mike, great stuff thus far. Love your methodology. Very impactful. Something that that businesses really need to take to heart of all sizes, small to mega. This is the madness part of the show where we look at the artistic observational part of what you do, stories you have from the field, and I know you have a ton of them. I'm going to throw out there another testimonial real quick to you, which is kind of blends right into this nicely. Mike's the good kind of crazy. You sit down, chat for 30 minutes, and by the end, you know more about your audience and your business than when you go on a course. He shows you the problem you need to address, then tells you how to fix your message. It's triage. Mike's the top surgeon, the one you go to when you realize that you can't operate on yourself. Every penny well spent, you walk away with a strong message and everything that you need to spread it. And a very, very powerful discussion there, as I know you've been to a number of networking events, et cetera, where you hear people just show up and throw up features, benefits, and kind of puts you to sleep, doesn't really have the impact that you want. <laughs> that was a posed picture. <laughs> I, I know, but I could I, during a networking call. I know, I couldn't help myself, though. But this is how, sometimes how you feel inside with, uh, yeah. Yeah, with, with what you're listening to. So give, give us a little bit of the madness that you see out there. Well, I, I, um, I see a lot, like we talked about, in networking, a lot of people are approaching it the same way. This is me, my job, my company, what we do and who we're looking for. And that gets really redundant. But then sometimes you're going to run into people that want to stand out as different. But they take the approach of like the clown dancing on a street corner holding a sign. <laughs> Look at me, I'm different. And it stands out as, as funny to me for the reasons that I remember these people. So I was in a networking group a few months ago and is, you know, winter, let's say, or even before Christmas around that time. And there's probably 60 people in this room, you know, grids. I have to swipe to see how many people are there. But I kept looking at this one guy who's dressed as a full on airline pilot and his background is a cockpit or clearly an air, an airplane. And <clears throat> excuse me. And he's sitting there and I'm just waiting for him to talk. And he, it's his turn to talk about what he does. And he takes out like a noise changer to make him sound like the pilot giving the talk, like, ladies and gentlemen, this is your conference speaking <laughs> and, and goes through what he does. And I'll be damned. I had to go and look up. I, I had to go back and look at what he did. He's a website developer, but he put on this one minute skit. And that's what I remember about. The website developer is not what's leading through. That's an example of someone trying to stand out. A guy on the same call was dressed as like a construction crew and his background made it look like he was sitting on a steamroller or heavy equipment. And his whole thing was about SEO, but there was no connection to it. It was more, he was dressing up to look different. Unfortunately, that's not the way to go about it. It has to be something that's <laughs> going to get your audience's attention for what you do, not what you look like or how you're acting. And that becomes a challenge for a lot of people to to figure out. Yeah, especially when they when they fight the idea of the outside perspective, which I know is very big for you. And you know, I could totally relate to you know consulting with business owners where they feel like it has to be them or has to be somebody intimately familiar with every nuance of the business to be able to relay the message of everything that they do. And you know, while it might be important to do some field research with those types of folks, like you, you want the outside perspective. That's, that's what's yeah. going to give you the real insight into if people are getting the message or not. Everything else is happening internally. You're using research to figure out what to build, let's say, or an insight to figure out what you're creating and then you create it and then you go tell people. That's how every business works. But once you figure out what is my customer need, it becomes a very internal conversation about just building it. And that's where the warped perspective comes in, where I can look at a business and understand the 5% they're trying to convey, pulling it out of the 100% of what they're explaining. That's what I look for with my clients. And you never know when something's going to pop up or come across as wrong for the audience. And I'm going to give you my favorite example. Okay. I worked on at Hasbro. I worked on uh, the Jurassic World property. And this is when it re released in 2015, set the stage. It's, you know, 26 years after 
the discovery or the creation of the dinosaurs. Now the park is open. That's the whole idea of it. And we're making the plastic toys to put on the shelf at Walmart. We're the license, the toy licensee for Universal Studios, who's um, creating the film. And there are other licensees are like toothbrushes, backpacks, t-shirts, whatever, what have you. But that's how those big budget films make money is on licensees. So imagine this. We get a call at, say, 10 o'clock in the morning from our PR department saying, you need to look up what they named the new dinosaur that they're introducing in the film. They named it Diabolus Rex. And this is the big white dinosaur in the film that wreaks havoc, breaks loose. It's like a dinosaur that they designed with DNA. Yes, there, there is Indominus Rex right there. They designed it. It's like a designer crazy creature that was going to be the new attraction. They named it Diabolus Rex, which on its face makes all the sense in the world. The Demon King is a scary name and this thing's terrifying. I could see why filmmakers would name it that. We look it up and the only image that comes up is a picture of this gentleman who's the outgoing president, I think, of the Church of Satan. And this guy has like horn implants and a big beard. And he looks like what you draw if you drew a a devil worshiper or a demonic cult, but whatever. It was unbelievable. It looks like a cartoon character. But if a four-year-old or their mom see that, it becomes a problem for people who are selling this stuff to four-year-olds and their moms. Naturally. That's the big issue. So we call Universal and say, you can't name it that. You just can't. This is what's going to happen. And their response is, all right, let's re-meet in four hours, but you guys need to come up with a new name, which I immediately read as, first of all, challenge accepted. And second of all, I have to sell them on this. Have to sell them because they're not going to change it if I don't. So I write 20 words on the whiteboard next to Rex in Latin that look cool. And I go back and define them. And I land on the word indominus. Indominus comes to mean unconquerable or indomitable. Okay. And I hate to break it to people, but this dinosaur is the bad guy in the film and the bad guy doesn't quite make it. So I put together this idea of Indominus Rex is foreshadowing and, and irony and really speaking to what's going to happen. And it's a really, you know, apt name for how it's going to go down. So I put together an eight page deck to present to Universal at 4 p.m. that day. And I'm nervous, but turning it into ready to sell, to present, to convince them to change it. So I'm all fired. They get on the phone as a VP of marketing, script writer, people from license, and there's like four people on the phone. And I am like showtime. They say, all right, we're here. What do you got? Sounds like I got to sell them. First slide. The name we recommend is Indominus Rex. They go, oh, that sounds great. Can you send that over? We'll get running with it. Thank you so much. We got to go. That was the whole interaction. But in the process... I got to name a dinosaur in the movie, which was pretty damn cool. I got to name Indominus Rex. But what we were able to show them is the importance of that perception of their audience and what they're going to see versus what they think they're going to see from their perspective. They needed that perspective shift to save what could have been a serious marketing issue. Unbelievable story. (laughs) You know, I want to I want to hit this before before we get too far ahead of ourselves, like the, the the butterfly logo that you have has some relevance to the to the perspective as well. When people get too wrapped up in uh, in in things themselves, you still again you really need the outside perspective. Give 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 us a little yeah. bit on how you arrived at this. Well, imagine a bunch of caterpillars are born and want to become butterflies. They're born, say, the grass or a bush, and what they need to do is get to a tree, climb it, eat leaves, create a cocoon, and become a butterfly. The problem is they're all sitting there in the grass. If they have a perspective of where to go to get the best leaves, the safest tree to make their cocoon, they can effectively become a butterfly faster without having to sort through where to go, what to get to. That's the effect that businesses experience. What do I do next? especially small, medium-sized businesses, they don't have a C-suite to worry about things. They are the C-suite. They have to worry about everything. And it generates a 24-7 to-do list, which completely shadows any or fogs any sort of perspective that they can have. They're in the weeds. The idea is to be able to get outside of it. And when it's yours, it's just really hard to do. You mentioned, I definitely agree. You mentioned the idea before of, 
of bringing up words that we don't necessarily use in normal communication, which I've always been a big George Carlin fan. I can't help myself. I think about his yeah. advertising bids like zesty and tangy are not real words. No. But but the KPIs thing, it's like I started to chuckle for a second because I've totally seen people like having drinks and out and about and they are having discussions like that nowadays. It's like kind of bleeding over and trying to bleed over into normal life. And it's still it's not the way that 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 people tend to think of things. It's like it has to has to be more impactful than that. So. You know, how do you like? How do you help these people? Like you, you've your approach on things seems to sync up really nicely with when I why talk about people being so product focused first instead of people in the process because products change every single day and they think of features and benefits and what they could throw at the wall and make stick, but it's 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 really the other way around. Like the exact way that you talked about the elevator pitch. So how do you get people to shift their mindset for this? It's a question of understanding the difference between attracting someone's attention by talking about the right things versus getting bogged down in what I would call in-service information, meaning there's no reason to explain every single thing that they're going to encounter in your business, but you want to because that's the part that you're selling. So you're prone to get into details that would actually not even come up until a certain point in conversation. So if you're spending all that time talking about stuff that won't have relevance to someone until they're working with you, then that's a missed opportunity. The idea is to get them connected to, does this sound like you and what you're going through? And here's the solution before they even have to scroll. You want to align on their terms to what they're going through. And I'll give you a very quick example. Imagine you sell beach umbrellas. What's going to be more powerful? I sell beach umbrellas for when you go to the beach and it keeps you shaded. Or think of a beach where now I'm getting you to think about being at a beach and you're going to recall senses from that, who you were with, music you were listening to, temperature of the water. All of that comes rushing back because you've experienced the beach. If the next thing I say is, remember that time you got sunburned on Now you're thinking of an exact time that happened to you that you got sunburned. If the next thing I say is the right shade would have stopped that from happening. Here's my beach umbrellas. Now I've got you thinking exactly in the right order that I want you to think about. And now you're ready to understand my beach umbrellas. And that's the key to it. It's that order of information. It's awesome. And it's, uh, I love how you made the analogy before of the book versus the blurb. It's the same idea. It's you skip a a few chapters in the beginning. There's a disconnect, whether you're talking about a relationship or a book that you're reading. It's like the whole thing is that introductory blurb that's written from an outside perspective that gets people excited to say, tell me more, even if it's a thousand pages written by Stephen King, who's phenomenal by the way, but but yeah, I I love it. It's so, it's so important that people recognize how others are digesting the information and in what order and how it, how it really makes an impact for them. So great stuff, my man. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with Mike Verrett, principal at Verrett and Associates. Stay with us. Hey everybody. It's Tommy D the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers... Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with Mike Verrett, principal at Verrett & Associates. Awesome discussion with Mike here today, really getting people to hone in on on making an impact with their audience, getting to know the audience, not so much being a features and benefits, show up and throw up type of personality. Love it. <laughs> this is the message part of the show, Mike, the whole idea from Weekend Insight to Monday Impact. You've given us some real gold here, some pearls of wisdom as far as what people need to be focused on. You know, I think of a couple things that the whole idea of don't forget why you went into business in the first place. It'll help you unlock you know a lot of the, the proper messaging as opposed to the features and benefits you've come to to work with with your clients but you know the big part about the outside perspective especially when it's your business man you're just you're just too close to it it's like it's not about every single nook and cranny it's about what's going to get people motivated to engage you further the tell me more concept i love it yep. so yep. give 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 us some other other little sound bites here as we bring things to a close here today yeah i think um i usually focus on three ideas or three words that people can sort of take away from it. The first one is connect and how important connection is. Um, Getting someone's attention or getting them to say, tell me more is, excuse me, getting them to say, tell me more is no different than if you're speaking to an audience, presenting to a room full of people, you want to make a connection with those people and get them to like a conversational state, you know? And that's why people, I mean, we do it all the time trying to look for connection. Oh, crazy weather we're having, huh? Or my favorite, if you find out that somebody goes to say, or went to a college and you knew people who went there, you play the name game, right? Oh, did you know this person? Did you know this person? That's just us as a social form of trying to make a connection so we could get to conversation. It's like an icebreaker but that connection is what opens them up and catches their intrigue that gets them intrigued with what you're talking about or what you have to say and from there it becomes that order of information you need to direct them so you've got connect the next word is direct it's about using the right order of information to keep them reading the book in the right order of pages you wrote the book you know what's on page 22 they don't They need to read pages one through 21 in order to be up to speed. So directing them through that information the right way is what that elevator process or um, structure is built upon, is always keeping the sentiment and the right information. So the audience always feels like, and then what? And then what happens? And then what happens? It's on their terms. And they're following along the way they should. The third piece, and possibly the most important, is projecting projection direct connect direct project and what i mean by that is every business has two assets a personality and an attitude okay and one is a constant think about personality types there's studies on them for days your personality is who you are you're stuck with it you are who you are right your business can't be any different than that. The personality of the business isn't going to change. Let's use the example of a bungee jumping company, like off of a bridge into a chasm, right? You are in the adrenaline business. You are in the exhilaration, action, sports, jumping off a bridge business. You can't invite four ladies to come for a tea party, attach rubber <laughs> bands to them, and push them off the bridge. There's an expectation based on who, what you represent. Your personality is that. You can't avoid it. But your attitude is your variable. And there's a simple way to think about this. Attitude is the only thing we have control over. Life is 10% what happens and 90% how we choose to react to it. So we can project an attitude that is imp- that makes sense. You know, There are three areas of attitude even that you are feeling that you can get people latched onto through attitude, like exhilaration. 
get the heart pumping, right? Empathy. I feel for you. Humor. Always a great entrance. Mm -hmm. What woman have you met who doesn't start with he's got a great sense of humor, not he's good looking or this or that. Humor always plays a part. (laughs) So having the attitude layer to your personality becomes extremely important. Go back to that bungee jumper. I could come at you and say, hey, team leader, this is the trust fall on adrenaline. This is the ultimate team bonding experience. If you want to bring your team closer together and open them up, get them thinking as a team. Still same personality. You're jumping off a bridge with a rubber band attached to you, but I'm positioning it. The attitude of it is team building. Or I can come out with Mountain Dew to the extreme bungee (laughs) for life. And now I'm attracting a different audience and projecting that attitude with that intent. So your attitude becomes a weapon and it's the only thing that you have control over. So those three focal points of connect, direct, and project become the focus of how businesses need to think about how they're communicating. The the humor piece, definitely, especially when you have a face (laughs) for radio, you know, but the, uh, Actually, actually, Steve, the humor piece, the best example you can get of this is brands think in terms of like, brand essence, brand archetypes. What do we want to represent? Like, are we the hero? Are we the sage? Are we the creator? These are like mythical archetypes that brands use to define themselves. Yep. And let's apply that to the auto insurance business. Go back to the nineties or whatever. You had the good hands people and Liberty mutual insurance. And it was starch banker collars and Windsor knots and um, you know, all state state farm, all these companies right and all of them tried to have their own personality and they were all driving to that take care of what you need to take care of along comes geico so easy a caveman can do it 15 minutes or less and immediately does two things one commoditizes the business 15 minutes or less became the standard across the business but two they introduced humor they were playing the role of the jester and people latched onto it. When Geico hit the market, everybody talked about Geico commercials, okay? Yep. Fast forward to now and try to think of one insurance company that isn't humor-focused with their advertising. <laughs> You've got Progressive and Flow, obviously. You still have Geico who plays a huge role with the gecko and everything. But now look at Liberty Mutual, who we <laughs> determined starch collars, Windsor knots, right? They're using the term Liberty Bibbity and they've got Limu, Emu, and Duck, a Serpico style duo. Everybody shifted because that's what the audience needed to hear. That's it. Geico opened the door. Everybody else realized our archetypes don't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. That, that whole attitude piece, you know, kind of relatable to the idea of first, best and different. Like, yep. you, you're, like Geico was the one that kind of did it first. Like, you're not going to change that, but you can be different than what the norm has been. And a lot of, you know, what you described about something that activates the senses, you know, that's that's stuff that people can identify with just as, just as much as a good story is. It's not really so much about the archetypes, the, you know, the, the features and the benefits, the products that are being done, but just ha- what how people are drinking it in so uh, yep. great stuff man like you know verit and associates v-e-r-r-e-t-a-n-d you know how to spell associates.com uh so yeah definitely reach out to, to mike out there his his information will be in the show notes and everything you guys need to hit me smb guy text it to twenty one thousand. uh before we let you go here for the day i'm going to revisit the answers that you gave to my favorite questions who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument and the artist you'd like to hear play it? So your favorite TV show character was Tracy Jordan from 30 Rock, a character whose movie star personality and life events are taken from Tracy Morgan himself. It, actually, in, in 2010, Entertainment Weekly ranked him as the 55th greatest character of all the last 20 years. And I'm just looking at this little commentary when I'm making my goofy pictures here. It's like, malarkey, banter. I have no idea what you're saying. This is like people's messages that you hear half the time. I I just always love, I mean, I'm a big Tracy Morgan fan. I think his style is suitable to me, like the quick hit one-liner kind of stuff. But it actually dovetails into my favorite movie. 
Yep, uh, which is which is the, airplanes. So. Yes, yes. In the formative years, I mean, this is a movie from the seventies, but that brand of humor was like it just struck me perfectly. And the way I see Tracy Tracy Jordan, the character, and even the show Thirty Rock, uh, or the show Brooklyn Nine Nine, like those programs hit me exactly the same way. That sense of humor has just always lived in my blood. I mean, you think about the what versus the how and why. It's like it's a man afraid to fly. He must ensure that a plane lands safely after everyone gets sick. It's a huge comedy. It's like everyone remembers the back and forth. Can you, can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. Well, I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> don't call me Shirley. Everybody remembers it. <laughs> Your, your yeah. favorite, your favorite instrument in the artist was uh, the turntables with Biz Marquee, rapper, oh, yeah. DJ, record producer, best known for the 1989 single "Just a Friend." So, when it comes to sharpening the message and making it more memorable, Mike Verrett is the friend that you are looking for. There is no question about it. Mike, <laughs> thanks so much, dude, for joining me here today. Really loved having you on here. Steve, I would, I would be back in a heartbeat just to shoot the breeze with you. This is so much fun. I really appreciate it. My, my favorite thing in the world is a microphone on a stage. People who are willing to have me on and uh, allow me to share what I do, I couldn't be more grateful. So thanks, man. Love what you do here. This is an awesome program. Absolutely. Mike in a stage, you could change the world, baby. <laughs> Next week, we're, we're heading into the 4th of July weekend. We'll see if we can put something together with a bang of more great discussion. Until then, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us here on Always Friday. We hope you made, uh, got some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right after Tommy D on Philanthropy and Focus. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. 
Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 